Royce on all to fearless in devotion. So it wasn't to be. Andy and Tim, how was the last day down in Dagenham? Uh, it was crap, to be honest. I don't like Dagenham. Um, and I have no real great plans to go back. Actually, I take it back. It's all right. But yeah, it's just, we, we just don't really have a good record against them. And yesterday was abject. They were well off the pace from the start. Nothing changed really throughout. Yeah, we've saved the worst for last. So I'd rather get out of our system now and then start our mini-season again now, starting with the trophy trophy final and then go into that even bigger game against whoever it may be, Grimsby or Notts County. But yeah, not not very good. Not not really much, many positives to take from it, to be honest. I can't think of any. It could have been been a lot worse than 3-0. That's the only positive I can take from it. Yeah, I suppose we've got to hope that we've got that dreadful performance out of our system now before we've got hopefully three cup finals uh, Andy and we should say congratulations to Stockport shouldn't we they uh, definitely deserved it over the year look uh, yesterday as, as Tim said it wasn't great look the, the positives I take from it no injuries no red cards um, mm. I would be fuming fuming if Stockport had lost to, to Halifax but they didn't so it's all irrelevant one thing I will say about yesterday the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant one of the best ones I've been to in the last few years. Now, the young lads, like the young lads who, who follow Rex, and they get a bit of a bad rep sometimes. Um, uh, but I thought they really sort of carried the the song well yesterday. There was a few too many flares, uh, but you know, we we're, were all young once. But fair play to them. I was right in the middle of them, um, just due to uh, you know where, when we got the tickets, and the atmosphere was absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. We're 3-0 down and they're still singing and we stayed for about five minutes singing, singing as well. So, you know, you can't ask for any more support on that. On the on the pitch, not great, but but let's move on. Stockport, well, I'm, I'm glad they did it. They're a decent club. You know, the, the, the fellas we talked to. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm glad they went up and I'm also selfishly glad they went up because if they didn't go up this season, we'd be battling them again next season if we don't do it. One thing I do think, though, they, some, of, some of their fans have been massive heads on on Twitter and like little videos of them saying off Wrexham, what's that about? Well, I don't think there was a rivalry. There's only a rivalry in a title race because Stockport have been so abject in the last month or so. They made it a title race. It wasn't anything anything like that. It was procession before that. We just we've just run a bit close. So to say that we've lost the league and off Wrexham, to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Andy, you've made me. I'm going to have to get the, the swear bleeper out again. You've, you've added about five minutes to my evening's work there. However, the point I agree with, because, I mean, it's all a bit bizarre, because what was it, seven weeks ago, we were uh, about 11 points behind. And mm. to get ahead of them, albeit on goal difference, with a game in hand, with a week to go, give, gave them something to think about, was a big achievement. So, uh, and as I say, we just got to dust ourselves off now. I thought it was right what Parky said. You know, you just got to get that out of your system and go, right, take a, take a week now to reset and go, we've got a cup final, which, let's face it, you know, obviously we all want to win at Wembley, but I think we'd all take losing to Bromley for winning the next two. So uh, whatever happens, but we've got to think of it as three cup finals now. They've got a week between each one, so it's not too congested, no injuries, uh, no, no extra injuries anyway, um, and I think we've we've uh, got a good chance. Tim, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those now, and it just just kind of treats Sunday as a nice, lovely um, 
smiley happy day out and hopefully you know get a win to to sort of send everybody into good spirits the following Saturday then which is when we really need to ramp up the noise levels and, and make it hostile for whoever we play and just just really get on it but yeah it's it's weird I mean I'm I'm looking forward to, to Sunday I'm not I'm not super super excited as I have been in previous times but it, it's still going to be an enjoyable occasion I think he'll make a few changes um kind of risky at this stage you know we don't want anybody picking up injuries but I don't think he'll make too many changes but I think there will be a few you know, do you really yeah, I think they I will. assume he just go he just go full strength now for the next three games. Well, he has respected the competition throughout. I just I just think he's got a look, he's got a look at Sunday and go right. Yeah, you you they're, they're, you have earned a lot of credit. You got a lot of credit in the bank for the performances that they've had, but you know it, it all went wrong yesterday for whatever reason. I think maybe maybe Tom O'Connor gets a bit more time from what he's had. You know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the VIPs are going to be be there. The owners are going to be there with their families. You can't go too far off script because if he t- makes too many changes, it backfires. So, you, you know, you, from you'd me, be the one to tell Mullin that he's not starting at Wembley. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not on about obviously the obvious ones are going to play. I'm just saying I think there might be a couple of little little tweaks. Um, to be fair, I could see that Wembley could suit to play like Tom O'Connor if he's got room to spray the ball around. He has a bit more time on the ball. And, you know, I'd like to think, I suppose we'll touch on this in predictions later in the podcast, but I'd like to think that with the space on that pitch, Bromley are not going to be as much of a force as they are on their home ground, which is not massive and is flipping AstroTurf for his next tell you one thing, Toza's, Toza's long throws aren't going to be as effective, are they? No, that's true. I actually noticed that against Daggers, I think uh, they, there wasn't much of a run-on area and he was struggling to even get it near the box in the first half. They, he found a little sweet spot. He found a bit between a, a hoarding where he could sort of lean back a little bit more in the second half and he was a lot more effective. Just one other thing on that. I know we've got three cup finals in three weeks. It'd be lovely to get Aaron Hayden back for one, for towards the end of the season, wouldn't it? I think, I think he absolutely... Makes us rock solid at the back. He's dropped though, isn't he? Is he not out for the season? He was, in the, think... he was in the away end yesterday with his family enjoying it. I don't see it. I think it's. In, I think he's done for the season. It's a hammy, isn't okay. it? All right. Okay. Fair enough. But, but that being said, you are spot on. Like you know, as well as the back three have played since he's been out, we do miss him. He is. You know, he's a. He's a, a real. He, well, he's been one of the players of the season without a doubt. You know, and that's yeah, saying. Saying something when you know when you got Davis and Mullin and Palmer playing uh, and Toza to be fair, uh, but anyway, let's move on to this. just before we move on, mate. Just just two two housekeeping things. One, can I just um, mention to listeners that the London Reds are doing a Q and A evening uh, the Saturday before the so this Saturday coming at the Welsh Centre starts about five, maybe a bit later. Um, it's five pounds to get in. Humphrey Carr, sorry, Carr. Is, is confirmed and they're hoping to get one, a few others if, if possible. But pop down there, be good to, be good to have a bit of a sing-song and a, a few beers before the trophy. Also, remember that the the race course uh, Support the Cup campaign is up and running. Uh, it started well. We need to keep pushing it on. So go to the... Um, if you can put maybe the uh, the link in the uh, descriptions, Reese. I'm sure we can do that. Great. Okay, I'm done. Housekeeping's done. Issue four of the fanzine is out now. Thank you to everybody who's bought a copy so far. You can still buy it online, fearless.wales. You can download 
digital versions, etc., etc. We will be selling a limited amount of copies, probably at Box Park Wembley, uh, before the game is designated fan zone there. So we will have a limited number on us. So uh, if you see a couple of madmen waving what look like red pamphlets in your face with a, a gladiatorial Ollie Palmer, that'll be us. So come and grab a copy for three quid. That'll be grand. In I'll, that, I'll be a green man, so I'll be selling there. You'll be where? Green man. Green man pub. Um, Andy will tell you what road that is while I keep on speaking. Um, uh, I... Yeah, London Road, London <laughs> Town. Okay. London right. Street. Um, so, yeah, in, in the issue is a certain Andy Morrell. He is this week's guest alongside his number two at the time, Billy Barr. They were the management duo in charge of us for a few seasons, including the time we won the FA Trophy in 2013 so they took us through the day and all the stories around it It's a big week. We're heading into the week which sees us play at Wembley Stadium for a fourth time, which sounds strange even saying it. But we want to take you back to the first time we played, back in 2013. Pretty memorable day out for everybody who was there. And we're going to speak to the two main men behind that victory and what it entailed. And plotted it all the way through that season, what a season it was. So welcome to the podcast Andy Morrell and Billy Barr. Great to have you on, boys. Thanks, chaps. Good morning. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks for coming on. Um, first and foremost, does it does it feel like almost 10 years or or not? We've got, we've got, I've got a few more grey hairs since then, so I don't know about I don't know her. <laughs> You've got more than you had back then. <laughs> it has gone really quick. When you, when, when you obviously, when you make... Um, contact about coming on this and you, you look back and do a little bit of research it, it's gone ever so quick and it, it takes you back to the really good times that we had at the football club at that point yeah I mean it, it's it's just flown by and uh, you know to the fact that you know at the time of recording this we're going to be going to to Wembley again to contest that trophy for, for a third time feels a bit surreal obviously everybody knows what the main prize is at the football club but I mean go, going back to that season obviously it was you know is is a pretty pretty wild ride that one but in in terms of you know when you're looking at the games and you're looking at the competition early on in that season is is the FA trophy considered a, a distraction or a hindrance or is it just something that well we can use it, and and if it builds momentum with us, then great. I mean, I, what 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 sort of factor comes into it at that stage when you're looking at the the scheduling and so on and so forth? Well, for for me, it was a chance to get lads minutes that were around the squad, um, that kept them up to speed, gave them a chance and opportunity in the team to to press for that shirt in the first team. But as well, we, we wanted to do all right in it. Do you know what I mean? We wanted to to go as far, any cup competition you're in, you want to go as, as far as you can. But we did definitely see it to start with as a as an opportunity to get minutes into lads 
um, that were around it and keep them involved in the group, if you like. They don't want to be on the peripheries. Um, but then as you go into a couple of rounds, you then realise you're, you're possibly four games away from Wembley. And you're like, hang on a second. You know, we're, in, we're a National League team. The lads are a non-league players in evidence. You know what I mean? And what chance are they going to get playing at Wembley, really, in their, in their careers? What's the opportunity? So that's when you start to take it a little bit more seriously and what that would generate for a football club, you know? Yeah. I mean, going through it, it was, it was Rush Hall and Pick. I'm just having a look again now because I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Rush Hall, Solihull, Sutton, South. Rush Hall, we battered, didn't we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Was it five? Yeah. And then I wonder, I wonder why you remember that, Moz. Yeah, I think I scored that trick, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which hat trick number was that? Of the career. I can't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just go back on that. that I'd been at the club over a year, but that was actually my first FA Trophy game because the year before I'd left Moz and Oaksy to take the game against Hinkley. I'd right. gone up to Gateshead scouting because we played them next. And Andre Gray gave the centre arms the runabout on that day. Is that right, Moz? That's right, yeah. And we got knocked out 2 1, so I thought I can't leave it to them two again. So I thought I might as well play a part in that <laughs> first game. Managed to speak to Andy and get him to play, and there you go, he gets his hat trick. Yes. That that that's that, that scouting of the Gateshead game wasn't wasn't straight before we bat, got battered seven was it seven two, seven three. Oh, that was, was the year before. That, yeah, that's a different season. Yeah. yeah. I mean <clears throat> except we'd we'd been going well the season before yeah. the before the Rush All game was probably our worst little bit. We got knocked out of the FA Cup at home against Alfred. Well, we got beat against Lincoln at home. Um, Alfreton at home and then Hereford at home um, and the, prior to that we, we'd gone on a good little run so like Andy says once you start and, and remember there wasn't many probably hundreds of people against Rushall mm. yeah. so as it goes and, and it evolves and you get deeper into it the crowds start coming um, but it, it really really enjoyable when you look back on it now, the Sutton game probably stands out more for me. Oh, yeah. Away, away yeah. from home. Yeah. Um, Solly Old was Omar Bogle, wasn't it? And uh, Michael Nottingham. You know, well been. Yeah. Marcus Bignett in charge. Yeah. yeah. And they went on and had brilliant careers. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it was a really hard game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Really difficult. And obviously, that brings us to. You know, like you said, the, the more the more you delve into the competition, the more you're thinking, okay, um, it's not like you, it's not you're not taking it seriously. You take every game seriously, but like you like you said, the, the deeper you go, is it a case of okay, maybe we won't rotate so much, or maybe we need to look at doing this a little bit more. I mean, when it comes to that, the, the Gainsborough sort of you know the two-legged affair, um, and we we do a decent job in the first one, the three-one, and it. Put you in the box seat. Should have then, been outside, shouldn't we? Yeah, I remember. I think it could have been a couple more. Five, really? Yeah. Was it Ashley, Ashley scored late on. Yeah, Neil, eighty ninth, ninetieth minute, wasn't it? Which just gave us a little buffer, didn't it? But uh, we, should, uh, we should have been five, I think, six. Yeah. That many chances. Neil Ashton, football manager. You say? I can't believe that. I'll <laughs> put that in one. Did any of you see that one while we're on the subject of Neil Ashton? Was he is he manager manager material? Is that something you saw? 
You've certainly got the uh, hair drop treatment if you fancy it. <laughs> He's got the, the whinging chops, by all accounts. He's a chief whinger. Yeah. Oh, he was. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just to, to set us up, and I'll bring Andy in a minute to, to discuss a few things. Obviously, Danny, big Danny Wright, who could have, could have done us a favour with Torquay recently, let's stock up. Um, he scores that pearler for Gainsborough, puts us in command, 4-1 over the two legs. Then a little bit of nervousness creeps in. They grab two back. What are your thoughts at this point? We've still got enough to see it through? Yeah, it, it just, I think the first goal from them, it just put that edging us back in, you know, we were so, so close, we thought we were comfortable. And then they just gave it a right go, do you know what I mean? And they started putting things in our box and we just we just couldn't get out, we couldn't we couldn't really cope. And it was pretty much just hang in there for as long as we as we could and try and get over the line. We made a couple of subs, etc. But we just yeah, it just didn't affect anything. They were just flying. And uh, yeah, like you said, I think Maxi made a, a brilliant save late on. Uh and like you said, maybe it was Joe that headed one over the bar, but we just corners they were just pummeling us for free kit and we just couldn't couldn't get out but I don't think I've ever been so happy to hear the final whistle of, of a game because you know if it had gone if they had scored then who knows what what might have happened but thankfully we got over the line and managed to dig in deep to to get us through. Well, do you remember the breakaway we had as well Moz? I think it was Sis and someone else right with a 2v1 very late on um, and it didn't materialise, it didn't come to anything. I think Sis shot instead of shoot passing. Right. Um, and you think at that point, go on then, go on then. That can get us over the line, because like, we were awful for yeah. that last 20 minutes, but we defended really well. Yeah. With the ball, we were crap. Um, but defensively, we were really good, and seeing it through, and it, it was as if we'd been beat in the dressing room after. Yeah. You know, the fans came on the pitch, which was brilliant, um, but it was really, really quiet in the dressing I remember... We put, we stopped, and I bought a load of beers to put on, and I think the lads didn't even have them to celebrate. Go to Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it must have been some. It must have yeah. been someone. One of them must have had one. It can't I did. Be, it can't, I did. Right, but <laughs> you had them all. I think it was just a shock of, you know how, how good we were that season. You know, for the twenty minutes, we were just under pressure from a team that were in the league below. You know, you have to sort of say that we got the pick of the semi-final draw, didn't we? With with getting games, but rather than Grimsby or Cambridge, I think was the other one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, they, both of them were at the top of the league pushing. So we did get the favourable draw for that last 20 minutes. Yeah, it was a bit... And like I said, I think it was just pure relief to get over the line, wasn't it? At the end in the changing rooms, it was one of them. Let's yeah. forget about that last 20 minutes. You say favourable. I remember going to watch them um, before we played them on a Tuesday night in Gainsborough and I thought these have got something and Phil Stamp was that centre forward one of he caused those problems galore they crash it up to him and I'm sure they had a few other lads that have since gone on and had careers Um, but I remember saying after the first leg how vital Ashley's goal was going to be and and obviously it proved to be uh, massive Um, and Obviously, took us to that day at Wembley. I think they they picked off three conference teams in the, in in that run up to playing us mm-hmm. as well. So you no know, mugs. Yeah. When, when you said then about 
about it felt like a defeat in, in the changing room. Did that did that tell you a lot about the character of the squad that you know, that, that they didn't want to rest on their laurels that because they were building something and they were kind of used to kind of winning games to to a certain extent that to have a bit of a shock from a team below them and almost cost them like you said you know, maybe a one-off in terms of their careers to, to sort of stay to, to, to go to Wembley and play there did that did that maybe kind of work in in the sort of team's favor in one respect is that that they shouldn't rest on their laurels and maybe a shock to the system did him good in, in one in one respect I think so I think so it's a good kick up the arse at the right time do you know what I mean because we were going well and then to get to get beat like we did, I think we got beaten in that game. It was two. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it was so important that we did bounce back, but we had a great group, you know, a fantastic group, fantastic changing room that with the disappointment of getting through, if you like, but because of their standards and the performances have been, you know, I think they were that, that disappointed with the way that we were in that, that final 20 minutes that they were down, but they certainly knew that they were, we were flying, we were going well. So it was maybe just a blip. And we defended, like we said, we defended really well that last 20 minutes. We put bodies on the line, blocked things that we had to and, and got through. And we had a really good looking forward to the final end of the season. Lads, can I just ask you about the the, the dynamic between yourselves? Because, Andy, you were playing quite a few games at that point. When you were playing, was was Billy solely in charge of what was happening? Or were you sort of feeding him little bits, sort of, you know, get on the number six or time for a sub or something like that? How, how did it sort of work? Um, yeah, I pretty much left everything once I was playing. That was me playing. I was a player. The players treated me as a player. And I left sort of Billy to it. I, we would obviously be in conversation throughout the game if I saw something that was I thought was happening on the pitch. And he would vice versa would would come and would, would shout me and say, you know, I'm going to think about doing this. I'm like, yeah, just crack on or no, no, let's leave it for five or whatever. And then half times was always, we'd always have five minutes. As I come off, we'd go and stand in a room with, with Joey at home games and just us two and Oaksy and just talk through what we're going to say and what we're going to do before we went in and met the lads. So it was, I was in total charge for, for, for Bill, you know, he took it and if the things were, were not right, he, he would he would sort them out because I was trying to focus on on doing the playing thing. Did he ever sub you and you thought, nah, that's the wrong decision, mate? 100%. He subbed me after I'd scored two at Ebsley. <laughs> I was on my hat-trick. <laughs> it's just like going after the, the games, bro. Like, you, you know, the, you say the lads were a little bit down, they'd lost, but really they'd won. It was the first time Wrexham had been... Wrexham been to Wembley. The buzz around the t- town was absolutely huge. Just remember it, you know, sort of so many people who hadn't been to a Wrexham game for so long were there, right, I'm going to this one and I'm bringing the family. I, were you guys aware of that? And when did the sort of planning start for the for the final? Sort of you guys sort of sitting down looking, right, what's, you know, you're quite set with your formation, but you were sort of thinking about what players might come in and would you sort of sacrifice anyone for a league game for this? Um, it pretty much was straight away that, that Wembley was on the cards, but it was right. It was March, wasn't it? It wasn't at the end of the season or anything. So it was strange because we missed a week in the league season and we, we ended up playing the game at Wembley in, in March. So it was just pretty much right. We've got, because the league was so, so important. It was like, right, we've got, we've got games before we're going here. So we've got to concentrate on them. 
if we can carry on winning, then I think the team for Wembley and all that, it picks itself, really, when you get there. And I can't pick it now because we end up with injuries or whatever. It, it might change. So we just basically was, let's roll on to the next game. Let's get that out of the game. And I know it's old cliche and all that, but we, you've got the suits. We're, we're learning the national anthem. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We've got all sorts going on around it. But really, we had to focus fully on the league games before it because we couldn't get distracted for this for this final. And then once we got to that point, then it was, you know, the next game was a final. That's when we could fully, properly prepare in that. I mean, I'll ask you and Billy to give us a rendition of the national anthem at the end, if that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me laugh because, like Moss said there, we're uh, practising the Welsh national anthem. And I'm not going to name the player, but he decided not to join in on the Welsh and then was singing at the top of his voice with the English one when they played it for Grimsby. <laughs> Remember, stood oh, on the touchline just laughing, going, what are you doing? <laughs> we're going to have to go through the video for that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it with you then. Probably like Martin Wiley. <laughs> no comment. Hey, nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, what like is then? Like Moss said, that we still had, I'm just looking at it, I made some notes yesterday, we still had six games before the final. Um, we played on the Tuesday night after the, the Gainsborough game, um, away at Barra, and we got over the line with an 89th minute Kevin Thornton winner. Yeah, I um, that game. Yeah, and then and Ebbs Fleet at home, then we lost to Dartford, <clears throat> then we had Lincoln and Luton, and we, we were top of the league, and we actually dropped to second drawing nil-nil with Luton the game before Wembley. But I guess it was, once that was done, it was a nice distraction then for the week just to get it out of the way. Look forward to, to the final. Um, went down for a couple of days, stayed in Chiswick, uh, trained at QPR, but every, everything was good about it. The whole prep, apart from yeah. the weather. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about, because obviously you guys go down a couple of days before, stay in Chiswick, which is where I am now. Um, it's lovely right. here at the moment, but it wasn't back then. And it was even worse in, in Wrexham. Was that sort of filtering through to you guys? You know, people are going to struggle to come down here. Well, we we, we spoke yesterday, Bill and I, yeah. we were trying to just get our, our ducks in order because, you know, memories, they seem to get better over time. But you look back and... We left actually left late from the bus, Bill was saying, because of the weather, which lads were struggling to get in even a couple of days before. So we left an hour or so late because we were, had a couple of late. Um, but as we're going down, there's no snow down in London. It's fine. It's cold, but it was fine. So we were training no problem. But we were getting messages through on, uh, on Twitter or whatever saying that there's been a bit of snow up there and there's a few interesting... Uh, shovels being thrown about to get to get out like so um i just think it all made for the the story of the the whole game do you know what i mean i mean Credit tim, to all the fans for getting there yeah i mean tim do you know can you know of anyone who didn't make it i think everyone who had a ticket made it didn't they Which yeah is, i think so didn't I mean, where it was yeah, like up in the summer hill and things like that that's a good effort it's uh, it sounds like melodramatic when you say it, but it, you know the the pitches are all the evidence you need. There's people like digging their driveways out at like, you know, a good hour hour and a half before they were due to leave anyway. So it was it was all, always an early start anyway for that day. So 
to get up at the crack of dawn, it's still, you know, still not even daylight yet and people are digging, digging themselves out of the house. It's just, it was like, doesn't matter what you put on a path, you know, it could be the worst traffic on the M6. It can be a, a massive snowstorm. We're getting there because it's the first time of Wrexham at Wembley, you know, at that point you're thinking it might be our only time, you know, and here we are sort of almost 10 years later talking about a fourth appearance. So, I think, yeah, at that time it was yeah. like it was just, it was a special it was a special time in in what felt like you know a special season really with, with a special bunch of players. I think I think that's what made it extra special for us as potential history makers. You know, taking the club as a manager assistant for the first time to Wembley, such a historic club as well with a massive history, was just immense. Do you know what I mean? Felt so proud to be doing it, but at the same time you. I, we don't, you know, we don't want to go there and lose because that's not what that's not what Wembley's all about. Do you know what I mean? So it was just a, a proud moment for us. I, I'm sure if I speak for Bill as well, just to take the team first of all for her fans to go for the first time. It was a really proud moment for us. It, it was all referenced as well in the presentation about how hard it's been for our supporters to get down. We sort of missed it really right. we got the first part of it but then it, it became a lot worse the weather and like I say I remember in the in the hotel you're referencing it <clears throat> as you're doing the match uh, presentation about the the effort and commitment that these people have gone to to actually get to Wembley and we, we make sure we go out and we put a performance in to replicate the effort they've made so you're down in Chiswick um, and you've got your game faces on you're down there for a couple of days when do you guys get together and, and sort of really pick the team and sort of think about think about who may miss out. And I know um, there's one person we spoke talked to a couple of couple of months ago. He was absolutely gutted to miss out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I listened. I listened to it because I was interested to to hear hear his take. So I think in that week before we've even set off, we have an idea in our heads of what of what the team's going to be because we've got pretty much. If I remember rightly, we've pretty much got everybody fit. I think there's Ashy that's unavailable and Jossie, I think, is long-term injury. And Kreitz. And Kreitz, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the rest of them have, have, have been going all right in the league, etc. So I think we're thinking about it on the way down. But then there's a couple of nights. I think we had a quiz. Did we have a quiz one night? The first night we got down there, a group quiz after after one of the meals and stuff, just to keep the lads a bit buoyant and not get too bored. We trained when we were down there, I think. And and then, yeah, we, we decide on the... So it's we played on the Sunday, was that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Sunday yeah. afternoon. We trained on the Saturday, like Bill said at QPR. And then it was, right, we're going to pick the team, I suppose, on a Saturday, wasn't it? And we needed to let people know what what was happening really because i didn't want people going to bed not knowing really the night before whether they are going to be playing at wembley or not and if i was a player i wanted to know pretty much where i stood uh, if if that could be done and i think it was important to speak to the lads that weren't going to be starting and that was <laughs> awkward but <laughs> it was horrible 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 but um yeah, the, the team, I think it it sort of Johnny had to play left back, right, Bill? Yeah. Johnny had to play instead of Ashy. And then there was four places, you know, three slots for four midfielders. And then there was probably four strikers for 
three spots as well up, up front. Um, so they were the, probably the key decisions were the, who's going to play up front, who's going to play in midfield. And we deliberated a little bit, didn't we, Bill, over how it was going to... We, gonna... we were speaking about this yesterday and uh, it must have been the Friday night that we, after the quiz or whatever, um, the staff stayed in the room and we're talking about it. And at that point, Moz has got himself out of the team. And I remember Oxy, Alan, Kitman, um, even Geraint was there. I'm, I'm, my big thing was, you, you have to play Moz, we need experience. We need experience against them. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. And so I went round everybody. And I remember Geraint was the last one. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not normally involved in this. And, but, <laughs> but I agree, I think you should play Andy. <laughs> And I think that was the, the one that confirmed it, that, yeah, right, OK, we'll go with that. And it's Wembley, and people are devastated to be left out. I, I get that. But part of the, the game plan was to have your most experienced players, and then you've got more impact coming off your bench. And luckily, on the Andy, day, did, it worked. Andy, did you have yourself out of the team because you wanted the other lads to experience Wembley? And you thought, did you think that, if there was going to be a full guy, it was going to be you, or was it tactical? But uh, possibly a bit of both. It's possibly easier to break news to, mis- to myself for not picking myself than it is <laughs> breaking news to somebody else. But then I think that conversation, you know, looking back at it, it was you got to you got to put the team first, and we've got to do what's right. And I'd, I'd been doing all right, I'd been playing all right, and it had worked. And like we said, we, we sort of come up with the plan that I'll start, we'll stay in the game, we'll keep in the game, we'll try and get in there a lead or whatever. And then the idea is that at 60 minutes, I'll be absolutely goosed. So it's it's time for, for Sis, do you know what I mean? And, and get him on. And he seemed to be that season, uh, that type, he'd come on and make a real impact. And we thought the big pitch, et cetera, he would really, he'd really thrive on. And that was the sort of the game plan and, and, you know, looking back at the game, it, it worked all right. Um, tactically wise and, and player wise, we just didn't quite get over the line in, in normal time, which probably deserved to do anyway. First of I all, mean, yeah, go on. I was going to say, who, who won the quiz? Um, <laughs> I think Glenn Little would have been in there trying to, yeah, there was yeah. a, I'm sure there was a question that was, you know, like name 14 somethings in the Premier League or whatever players that have done, and, he named 16. <laughs> and he was adamant and he was on Google and everything. So, um, it, yeah, he would, I think they their team won, but I think they had a, three or four extra men because everybody wanted to be with Glenn because he's a bit of a, a know-it-all. Yeah, know-it-all. And one of many, many characters in that team. Definitely a character, to put it mildly. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Brett Orton. Brett Olmerod in the same room would be interesting, I think. I don't know. I mean, we've obviously we had Brett on the, on the pod, and we had to uh, still recover. We had to use the bleep button a few times to put him out. Brilliant. He's he's just unbelievable, wasn't he? But me. Yeah, I mean, playoffs. You blame me for the playoff loss because I missed the chance that he missed before. <laughs> I I'd um, completely forgotten that that I had a shot first before he blazed it over. Completely forgot, erased it from my brain because I've never watched it back. 
All right. Thought, right, I'm to have a look at this. If he's trying to <laughs> throw me under the bus, I'm going to have a look and see. I thought I'd done all right with the challenge. Keeper saved it, but anyway. Yeah, never mind. Say with me. It's done with. It's done with. So, I mean, j- just before obviously delving into into a bit more about about the game. I remember like Adidas were doing like a, a Twitter thing when they the, the hashtag all in and they were doing pictures and all that sort of stuff. Um, did you do anything differently in the prep that, that you would that, than any of the previous game, uh, given the, the magnitude and everything else? Or was it just a case of trying to keep all of the players focused with the job in hand and, and to, to, to enjoy the occasion without kind of, you know, you've got to get the balance right, haven't you? Enjoy it, keep focus, but, you know, don't 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 be complacent as well. I suppose. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think it was because we had a fair few away trips that season, uh, long trips. We we tried to maintain that structure for the final, so it was no different, no different to the, the you know you had your meal on an evening, we had a walk in the morning, you had breakfast, then you had your pre-match, then we did the team or whatever. So we tried to keep it as similar as we possibly could. I thought that was the way forward. Don't try and change it up too much. The only thing we went down a day extra day before, so we had an extra day down there. Um, and yeah, and exactly what you said, just try and keep all of them focused and and all of them set that they they've all got a part to play in this. The lads that aren't going to be involved, the lads that are subs, the lads that are playing, they're all going to play a part in getting us through this. Um, we must have gone to Wembley to have a look around before because the Harlem Shake. (laughs) (laughs) I think we did, didn't we, the Saturday? We must have gone and had a little look around and a check of the check so that the lads had a bit of an idea of, the lads that hadn't been, an idea of what what was happening. And (laughs) yeah, so that that comes on the bus on the way back, there's like raucous stuff going on like at the back they're all giggling away and stuff like that and we're 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 at the front what what's going on here at the what's going on what's is it is it on us or what anyway the the lads one of them shows us what what's happened what's going on because it was the big rage then one it? it was all a thing yeah. and i said listen lads um it, it's amusing i have to say but if <laughs> it cannot it cannot come out if we if we get beat, we, we've got to win. We've got to win and then you can do whatever you want with it. But I'm not having it coming out before because that's, it's just food for them. Was that Kreitz's idea? Because it formed part of the Beast Camp thing, I think. Right, I, don't, I don't know whose idea it was and what some of the lads are doing in it, I have no idea. <laughs> I can vaguely remember it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Mr Little would have been around it. Yeah, Brett had a kettle, did he? Yeah, was, a kettle. Was, the human bike going on in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honest, even to this day, if I slow it down, there's still something else I've not noticed to this day. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. I was you know, 50 times in, I'm like, oh, right, that happened, and that's that person. And there's still people in it that I can't identify. It's like a work of art. You know, it's a, if, if, just, 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 just hang it in the Louvre. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we just didn't have it coming out, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that would have just been awful from our side of our, our our point of view and as a group and it's not how we wanted to be portrayed but I did think it was quite amusing and if we were going to win then it was something that we would remember the day 
you know, and the and the prep fondly by, if you like. Yeah. I, I never realised it was done the day before. For some reason, I just thought it was done on the day. But then, logistically, when would you do it on the day? Yeah. yeah. Just before we go out. Yeah, like, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, you know. You're, too, you're, too, you're too mindful of other things to try and organise that after a match. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course it would have been. Um, so how, how does the, uh, you know, the lads are, are getting kitted up and, you know... You can kind of sense the atmosphere now building. How does how does that team talk then happen between you guys? Who's saying what? Um, and, and what kind of form did it take on? I know Billy said before about about addressing you know the efforts of the fans to get down there as well. Was 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 the message just very straightforward? Is that just keep doing what you have been doing and you know seize the moment kind of thing? Really, is yeah. that many opportunities yeah. you get to come I, in? I think so. Yeah, I'll I'll go back to. The team we picked, you know, we we eventually come to the team with we picked Kev over Joe Clark. Um, we just think Kev's going to get on the ball in a in a big final. He's a big game player. You know, he wants to be the main the main man. If there's any cameras there or whatever, he he, he really shows what he's about in in the big games. That's what I felt anyway. Uh, and he was doing all right. He was fit, and and we felt that he would at them three in there would would cause a real problem. And then we decided that the plan was that Sis had come on for me at, at some point. So that was the idea. And that's how we, we come about the game. Yeah, it was the worst worst part of my job by an absolute country mile, going to Joe, knocking on his door and, and telling him. Because, <laughs> yeah, you might have to get the bleep button, but I've, I've knocked on the door, gone into his room and said, all right, Joe. And he's just turned around and told me to <laughs> do one. <laughs> He went, no, 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 no. And I just went, listen, this is what I'm going with. I, it's the right thing to do is come and tell you. I can't say anything else. It's just I've got to leave somebody out. I can't play more. I can't play 13. So this is the decision I've made. You've got a massive part to play. You'll be really, really miffed with me for for a long time, potentially. But you could potentially be the difference between the two teams when you when you come on, if your mind's right. So I, want, I need you to show that a good attitude like you have done all season and, and be that that professional that we know you are. And he was great, to be fair. He was he was fantastic and, and he'd ended up coming on. He was going to take the fifth penalty. So, he, you know, he, he had a big part to play in, in us getting over the line. But I guess that that is a horrendous moment for a, for a player to to be in. I think having, having took the whole squad as well, the likes of Ashy and Kreitz were massive in that moment. Jossie, Dave Artell, Dele De Bola travelled with us as well because they were cup-tied, weren't they? Yeah. yeah so all of them uh, and the experience that they, they've had were really good for the players that were probably suffering disappointment. But they were really good in the dressing room before the game as well. Really good. Um, and everybody enjoyed the celebrations, obviously, after when we'd won. But it, it showed the unity in the group. And the professionalism. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm just looking at it now. And the actual game, I'm, I was really shocked how late the goals were. Because mm. for some yeah. reason, I thought Grimsby scored early doors. And we, I thought we were on top, certainly for the first half. Just couldn't really find a way through. They went ahead. And yeah, 11 minutes later, with only nine minutes to go, Kev Thornton scores. Right. Yeah. Scores, uh, scores the equaliser. Well, they they should have had a man sent off, really. Uh, yeah, 
Disley on Keats, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. an absolute pile driver of a tackle on him. And it's his mate, so he jumps up and shakes his hand, dusts himself down and takes a quick freak, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's absolutely Mulliger. And he should have got a red, really, but that didn't go our way. But yeah, uh, I didn't realise as well, looking back at it, that they were both so late. And yeah, it's a bit rash on Keatsy, to be fair, but... Like you said, we were so dominant. After they scored, we were we were all right. I thought we were a better team earlier on as well. But when we when we changed it around a bit, when I come off, actually, it probably went a little bit better. But <laughs> I was coming in with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say your tactics, your guys' tactics were spot on because when Siz came on, he was absolutely electric. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I just yeah, unplayable that, at times. Yeah, well, I I thought that. He is a big game player, do you know what I mean? He wants to be them again, he's another one. But I think the, the occasion potentially gets to him a little bit if he starts. The pressure of it and the enormity of it, being a local lad as well, I think that enormity might have just got in the way of him, of, of what he could do. But him coming on, it, it gives you a freshness in your mind and, a, and an ease of that it's not all your fault if anything happens. It's just go and be what you can be and... And he, like you said, he was he was brilliant. He was quick. He was dynamic. He had two or three efforts on goal that another day easily go in. Do you know what I mean? But from their keeper. And yeah, he certainly swayed the pendulum massively in our favour for that last sort of 20 minutes plus plus extra time. Did you, because like you said, it, it definitely became the Sizz versus the James McKeon show, didn't it? For large portions of that extra, extra time period. Did you feel or sense that the crowd reacted to that. It just our level just seemed to went up, go up even more. You know, you think at later stages in that game, tired, tired minds, some tired legs. It could go either way, but I just think with him and the pace he injected into, the, into that team, I think it give everybody a lift. And it, I, I felt it definitely give our section of the crowd a lift as well. Think you know what? We've got an extra dimension from here from somewhere now. And it's I, the fear it puts into the opposition as well. To be honest. So you, when they look across and they see him coming on, knowing all about him and the pace that he's got and the stage of the game, I think it changes what they do. Right. They become a little bit more defensive. They double up a little bit more. But like Andy said, I think we spent very long periods in their half, moving the ball around, keeping it, um, sizz with his, his stuff and then... Ultimately, I think it was Keatsy that took a dive for the penalty, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think he took off in the took off in the seventy ninth minute and landed in the eightieth. <laughs> um, but like I said, massively on top. Yeah, I mean, it was a penalty all day long, thanks to Sean Pearson on, on little Keatsy, as you said. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll get to this bit in a minute about the penalties and stuff. But had it already been decided who's taken it? A penalty in a sort of normal game time, or was it a case of whoever steps up to the mark at that point, or, or, or was it always going to be, you know? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I can't because I, I've looked back, and you've got three different penalty takers throughout the season. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ashy, Keatsy, yeah, none of you are on. Yeah, so, so Ashy was the penalty taker, wasn't he? He took a few, I think. Um, Keatsy's taken them, but I think Kev again. He just give me the ball, do you know what I mean? And I'm going to be the man, sort of thing. Um, and and picks it up and, and strokes it in. Um, 
but he is ice. He's got ice in his face. At those moments, he's played in big games. Do you know, he loves those big moments, and and that's why that's why I started him. And thankfully, it went in, and I don't think we looked back from there really for the, for the rest of the game. Sorry, can I just take um, take you back a little bit, just just to say, because he's he's often discussed on this pod, and I just want to remind Billy's sort of view on this, really, because Ormerod certainly had a, had a view on it. I don't know if you heard. And he thought, thought he had everything really, and and couldn't understand why he hasn't had a brilliant career. Billy, is it? Do you, do you can you shed any sort of light on it? Is it just? Is it just that sometimes he he couldn't really compute all the talent he had? I think so. Um, obviously, he was one that that started Man City, um, hard to break in there, and then he, he drops right down to, to our level, and. We spent a lot of time with Sis doing clips and showing him and, and trying to teach him the game. Remember, I remember go back to even before I joined the club and I, I was out of work and he had just been appointed caretaker manager. I spoke to him on the Friday before his, the Grimsby game. Remember, Moz? Yeah, yeah. And, and you were saying, you know, on his, on his day, on his day, he's got everything. I want to play him. Um, and I think you did play him. He might have scored that day. Grimsby. I know Fowles scored. Jay Harris scored. Oh, have been. He got beat 3-1 it was. Because I remember being round at your house on the Sunday watching it with you. Going yeah, yeah. through it. Yeah. Because uh, I was coming to the Mansfield game. It might, it might be that one you, you started. Him. I can't really remember now. But but like I say, Moz had a, a soft spot for him. Because he did. He had pace. And when he picked his moments and he was on song, it, it, it was a joy to watch. Um, we ended up selling Curtis Orbeng to Swansea, who was a lesser footballer, obviously a different position, mm. but caught the eye in different ways. Sis caught the eye, but didn't really consistently catch the eye. And I, I feel for him because he, on reflection now, I, I'm guessing he looks and thinks, if only, if only, if only. And he, he could well have climbed that footballing ladder again, but players eventually find the, the level. Um, they either become comfortable at a level or they push themselves and, and go to a different level. And I just think that too many times possibly Sis didn't show up when you needed him to. That's nothing against him because I thought he was a lovely lad. And when, when he, like I say, when he came in and we went through the clips with him, he could, he could see it when we were talking to him, but then put him out there in the heat of battle and the things that we'd sort of mentioned didn't really come back to him as often as, as maybe they should have. Yeah, I think that's quite a fair re- fair reflection. I mean, the reason I brought it up is I was obviously doing a bit of research before this, and there was a piece here saying how, you know, about the trophy final and about how Sislovich should have been played a lot more, and he was the key to your season. And, you know, you say Andy's got a soft spot for him, but back then they said, well, you know, He's got something against him, but I always did sort of feel so frustrated with him myself. So I can only imagine that is times by three or four for you guys because yeah. you've given him everything you think you need to to work, and it just doesn't. It, it was the, the the consistency that Bill mentioned that was really our our issue was that he would have a nine out of ten game and be absolutely electric like he was in the final. Do you know what I mean? But then you, you, he'd follow that up with 
a, a, just miss a game. You know, like he'd play, but he wouldn't be involved in anything and he wouldn't get anything out of him when he started. And you're like, what is it? What What is stopping this this lad from being as good as he, he potentially could be? And it was just that reliability. I had players that I could rely on to go out and be a seven out of 10 at their worst. Do you know what I mean? And that, for me, was more beneficial to my group than somebody that could be a nine or a three. And and that's the way we sort of took it. And that's how he becomes sort of a sub is because if that's if I've got a player that's out and doing a seven out of 10, for the last 20 minutes, I can throw a player on that might be a three, but he could be a nine and win it for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's how it sort of evolved throughout my time there, really. But, I, you know, I, I do think it's a, a massive missed opportunity he did have everything and it was it was that he just maybe couldn't quite take on board as much information as we needed him to 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 really make that next step up if you like can yeah. can any of that mantra with with Sis be applied to to kev thornton as well in any respect because i i know i was just looking back now through some of the the, the older stuff but obviously spoke very highly of you Mozzie, in terms of repaying he was trying to repay the faith he put into him because i think Prior to getting signed, I think he was he was on trial for quite a while because uh, he'd been out of the game for a while because various injuries are setting back. And I think I think you were quoted as saying that you know the lads had his demons, but I'm, I'm delighted that he's that he's back in a good place really. So <laughs> there's a lot of speculation as to what he could have done better off away from the pitch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like you said, you know to take a penalty in a game with that magnitude and to have that ice in the veins is it is it is it is it a bit of a shame that he didn't play higher perhaps could he have played higher yeah yeah definitely but his his issues were were not overly on the pitch do you know what I mean it, they were off it you know I was with him at Cov and I seen him play some games and he was unplayable as a as like a 17 18 year old do you know what I mean and I just thought that if I could get him anywhere near that but for Wrexham, then we've got a right player on our hands. Do you know what I mean? And I was hoping that I could be the one that that helped him off the pitch. And I just, when he first came in, I rang him and just said, listen, come in and just train and see, come up, get away from Cov, because that's all your mates and stuff. I can stick you in the house. I don't have to pay you a great deal. I can look after you, but I can get you fit. I've got play people here that can get you fit and we'll just see where it takes us. And he sort of took that. Then you've got people in the house around him. I felt were good influences on him, with Danny Wright and and uh, and, and Glenn and people like that. I thought, right, well, if we can get him in there and and get him being professional as we possibly can, off the pitch, <laughs> then then we've got half a chance of getting a player. And it, yeah, he had a couple of injuries when he was with us, and we really, I thought we missed him in the in the playoff final because he was injured. But he uh, and he was some of the injuries were. were you know, ones that you couldn't do anything about, do you know what I mean? But he, um, yeah, we got him to a good place and I think he had a, a relatively okay Wrexham career, do you know what I mean, off the, off the back of it, because he was he was a good player, really good player. Yeah. Billy, going into, obviously, the, the latter stages of that, that added time at Wembley now, you know, it's, it's, it's one apiece. Hold on. Where was Bill for the penalty? Bill, where were you for the pen? I was in the technical area. Which but I was, was I was looking at my children. <laughs> I it, it's many years ago. I decided not to look at when I was at Preston. I used to look at the crowd, a certain person, pick a different person, uh, and look at them and wait for their reaction. So 
as, as Kev's putting the ball down, taking his run up, I'm not even looking at the pitch. I've got me, me missus, me two kids, my mum, my dad, my brother, who were, uh, are up in the stand. So I'm staring at them and I'm thinking, what's the delay? Hurry up, jump up. <laughs> anyway, eventually I get that uh, off them. So they're looking at me, bless them. They're not even looking at the penalty. <laughs> so, <I've> got, <laughs> so I'm glancing this at me looking at the penalty and then, and then they jump up and down and it's like, right, game on. 10 minutes now. Make sure we don't lose. It's the big thing. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, like you say, it goes, it goes to extra time. But we were, we were on top and we, I, we were, for me, it was, we can win this in, in normal time. Do you know what I mean? Was it, was, it, was, it, was it ever, did, I, I suppose it, it can cross your mind, but when, when we're knocking on the door as hard as we were, and that, yeah, I think, I think Wrighty had that sort of half volley that was saved as well. I can't remember if it was like in, the, in the additional, whether it was in the, in the standard 90, but yeah. is there any point you're thinking, is, is, is luck with us? Because we're doing everything we can, and then it's down to that lottery then. Yeah, well, for me, it's the, the keepers having an absolute world of the year. And so it goes to pens. What's the mindset like when the keepers had an absolute world of a game? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, he's going to save all five. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was he was brilliant on the day and deserved his man of the match, et cetera, because he kept him in it. Because Sizz had the chest, the volley. He had a little curler that he tipped away. Danny Wright had his half spin, which was a brilliant save. And we're thinking, blimey, we've missed our chance here and it is like a lottery in pens but we've missed our opportunity to win it and we should have won it with the chances that we had um but absolute credit to to the lads to stick in and be focused and, and take it over the line when it comes to penalties is is that list is that list being decided before the match can i just say one thing about the penalties i'm just looking at the scorers here Sis, Danny Wright, Westwood, Hunt. Keats is on the pitch. Why is he not taking one? Just didn't want one. He didn't just he? Didn't, didn't want one, no. For, I don't know why. So I, we, we took pens the day before, like you do. You can't recreate 17,000 people behind the goal. And I don't, did we win the toss and have it at our end? We must have done. So yeah, I can see Brody's penalty still going over me. Yeah, I um I remember getting the group in because we didn't know who was going to be on at that time. I think we got Glenn stripped at one point to go on and then we hadn't sending him back and put Joe on, I think. And so because we were trying to get back in the game, I think, and then we got the penalty. I think Glenn was stripped and then not, and we just didn't know who was going to be on. So we, we took pens the day before and then it was right. Who's going to be on the pitch at the time. And I, I remember getting us in and going, right, what, who wants one? And Sis went, yes. Danny Wright went, yes. Westy goes, yeah, I'm having one. And I, I sort of, I looked at him and went, Westy, right? <laughs> and he went, listen, I am not coming to Wembley and the opportunity to take a penalty and not and, and, and missing that. And I had thought before, if we were going to do them, I need, I need the players to be the experienced ones as much as I can. Because if you're a 19-year-old, you miss a, a penalty that costs you the, the trophy at a, a big game. I think that can potentially hamper your career going on. Whereas I think an older lad has been there, probably played in front of a few people. If he misses it, it doesn't overly change his mindset. They're a bit more experienced to handle that. So I was looking for a little bit more experience if I could get it. And Westy putting his hand up was, was brilliant. And 
Joe put his hand up. I think he wanted one. And so, yeah, the order was set. Siz was first, Danny Wright second, and um, Westy take the middle one. I think Joe said, I'll take the last one. So Johnny Hunt just went in on the on the fifth one. And it was one of them, right, here we go, let's let's see. And I'd, and I'd also in that group, Maxi just came over to me and just went, Gaff, don't worry, I've got this. I'm like, right, okay. He said, you know, I, I know where Brody's going anyway. So I'll save his and he didn't know where Brody was going. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if you knew that, that'd be amazing. He could have just, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So he just said, listen, I know, don't worry, I've got it. And off and off he went. So, um, no, brilliant. I had full confidence in Maxi. I know he'd prepped with Oaksy on as many players as he possibly could and, and which way they'd gone. And, uh, and it was one of them fingers crossed time. He actually saves. Hatton's penalty, doesn't he? If you look back at it, he gets the faintest of faintest of fingertips to it. Right. He convinced everybody after that he had as well. Maybe he's convinced me. Maybe I'm talking about talking about my ass. Maybe he's done such a good number that we all thought he saved it. But uh, it's it's like that funny angle where you think, I think it's a save, or did he clip the post? I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Maxi's gone on to to do really well as a name it's kind of like the only thing from from a personal point of view it's just a shame he's never sort of graced the international stage personally but mm-hmm. you know i can't understand that but anyway that's, yeah. that's a, something yeah. a different a different day just a just a huge huge moment and for him to say that i mean i don't know how old max he was at the time but you know massive confidence to the lad doesn't it yeah huge confidence boosting and and you know, saying all the right things to give you, you and the rest of, because that filters through the rest of the rest of the squad and especially penalty takers. Oh, you know, Maxi's got our back. If if something was to slightly go wrong during this, then we'll be all right. So you know, I, I'm like you said, he's worked on it with Oaksy. Was was I imagine he was he was peppered with various penalties. Was he in the build up to it as well? I imagine he, he we've done, we done it all week. Yeah, yeah. we practiced all week. So. And there were some bad days. I have to say, well, you think, Jesus, I hope it doesn't go up penalties. Um, but it, obviously it did. And I remember once it was all decided and we were going to our end. That was me. I was in the uh, dressing room on my own. Uh, didn't watch any of them. I was running oh, wow. the shower. I, I just kept pressing the shower to make more noise. <laughs> uh, that, why you, on. Why you... Billy, why do you hate penalties so much? I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, even now I don't watch them. Still, I look away. Did, but did on you, that day, did I you just, tell Mozzie you were going, or does, did Andy? Did, did you just look over your shoulder and go, "Where the fuck are you going?" That is exactly it. I'm talking to nobody. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> some would say you got more sense. <laughs> so, like I say, I, I'm walking around. I'm thinking, Jesus Christ! I wish someone had come in. And the next thing, our our coach driver. Jason Cox, who, who was a great lad, he come running in and in his dulcet Lancashire tones, he come in and he went, we've only gone and bloody done it. <laughs> so I come out at that point and most of the celebration had gone. <laughs> so I, I actually watched it back yesterday, the moment from, from a fan's point of view. I said yeah. to Moz, there was someone on the phone um, filming from sort of side on to the goal. And yeah. I've, I've never seen that angle. So I'm watching it yesterday. I've got goosebumps now, even even thinking about it. And, and I'm looking at the fans and the anxiety. And it's like, wow. Because you only see it from your point of view, don't you? Um, yeah. And then when Johnny scores that, 
and he starts running away. The fans are going mad. All the lads on the touchline are running down to him. And bless, bless Jocelyn. Jocelyn's hobbling down with his boot on. I think he'd snapped his Achilles and he was last in <laughs> on the group. And you th- they're the things that I missed out. But in my own world, I helped us win because I wasn't watching. Yeah. Well, it's Dan- Danny Wright. They- all the pens went the same way, didn't they? Keep it done mm. the same way as we want. Danny Wright's rolled his in. I didn't realise how, you know, looking back at it, how cool that was. Do you know what I mean? He's just, mm. just rolled it. Hasn't put any power or pace on it. Just rolled it in. Scissors was decent enough. Wesley's is probably the best of the four. You know, and then Johnny goes and sticks it in as well. And just the relief more than anything from from my point of view is that we've managed to get over the line. You don't want to go to Wembley and lose. And and just for what effort the whole of the place, you know, the Wrexham fans have given to get there to start with, you know, that we were so grateful that we could give them something to cheer about and 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 remember for for probably the rest of their lives and it just becomes yeah I when the when Johnny's penalty went in I always thought that it'd be horrible to lose at Wembley and I've been there as well since and and I just thought right my my role is that I've got to go and I'm going to see the opposition manager because that's what I would like and I, I would go and see the players on the opposition's team because I'd, I'd hate to be in their situation if we lost and that was something that I'd always wanted to do, a bit of respect, really. Whether they wanted it or not, I don't know. Um, but I thought it was the right thing to do. So I ended up shaking the hands of the two managers and, and going around the players and trying to give Bro- Brody a little bit of a pat on the back sort of thing. And not that thanks very much, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's in the back of your mind. But it's, you know, and just to go and see the players, you know, we we played against some of them, we knew some of them as players. So the, I just felt it was the right thing to do. And then... I got around pretty much all of them. And then, yeah, the release of emotion after that little bit, it was strange because it was probably about four or five minutes after the actual penalty had gone in. Yeah, I just went, I went mad. I think I sprinted from their half of the pitch and I did a full semicircle of the Wrexham fans and ended up flat on my back on top of Maxi, I think, in one corner. So, um, purely that, the elation that you feel when you've, achieve something like that and we've led it and it and it actually worked for us you know it's a remarkably proud moment for us what was it like climbing the steps yeah yeah it's all right <laughs> when you win it um it was brilliant because we obviously we were, like bill said we had all family there etc and um you don't want to go there and lose and so to win it the lads were buzzing, like Bill said, the whole of the group we'd had down at the hotel with us, we'd tried to push the, the you know, Don and all them that we wanted to take the whole group. We thought it was fair that everybody was involved in it in some part. So we, we took the whole group and, and they all got to go up, the lads that had played and, and get their medals as well. And I felt that was really important. Um, but going up and yeah, just, I was, I think I was last. I think, I don't know why, but, you know, we had suits and everything going in, you know, with the lads that hadn't played and turned out, but they had gone up first before me as well. And just standing at the end of that row, seeing the lads lift the trophy. And from my view, I'm seeing all the Wrexham fans as well, just absolutely bouncing. It's a moment that you'll never, you'll never take away from me uh, for the rest of my life. I think me, Who gave you that kind of fosters? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Me, me and Andy was sat in the press conference with the big Carlsberg logos at the back. You come <laughs> in, 
looking like you've just come out the stock market, that your tie, tie slightly is squiff, and you're sort of wandering, slam this can of Foster's down. I was like, he's done Carlsberg up like a kipper. He's <laughs> well, I, I had no idea. No <laughs> idea. And we were in the, you know, we'd just got the crates out. The lads were drinking in the changing room. We were getting changed. And it was, it was one of them. Listen, you've got to go and do some press now. And I'm like, I want to be in here. Do you know what I mean? But I'll go and do it. And yeah, somebody had given me a can, whatever it was. And I just put it down. And then when somebody sent me the picture on the way home, God. <laughs> How did somebody that was taking me in not go, I tell you what, you shouldn't probably have that in front of us. <laughs> but hey, not my fault. Exactly. I suppose we better talk about the after party. <laughs> the whole lodge. Did you guys jump on a coach almost straight after and go back to back to to well yeah Holt wasn't it? Yeah, it was Holt Lodge, wasn't it? Um, yeah, we did all our formalities and stuff. The press got all the interviews with the players and stuff because obviously it was just a, such a huge story for us being the first time there and everything that I think all the players did interviews etc. and all the staff and. It was uh, get this kit back on and let's get back on the, the bus. I think we had a bus for the players that had played and then another bus for uh, the staff and stuff like that, wasn't it? And the directors and wives and girlfriends and stuff like that. I think we're on, we're on one as well. And we just piled back on. I wanted all the players on the bus. And it was like, yeah, we're heading back to Holt Lodge. We're, we're going out in, in Wrexham. And I'm not sure the exact detail of how long it takes to get back to Wrexham but it felt like about three minutes the, the trip you know what I mean we were back in Wrexham in no time we were drinking and I remember we did we I don't know Bill might know better we pulled into a services um because the lads needed wee breaks and I think we'd filled the toilet already by about halfway up and uh and there was a, a minibus of Wrexham fans in the services just singing and dancing and the bus opens, the door opens, the lads jump off. We can can around in a big conga, the service station, and just go around. Don't buy anything. Just <laughs> and then just get back on the bus and then head off. <laughs> Which is, I think these fans were just buzzing. They were jumping up and down with us. We just got back on the bus and, and done one back to, back to Holt. But, um, yeah, it was a brilliant bus ride home. There's some photos. I think I've got Jay in no shirt on and just a tie I think um, that's but... how we went out as well <laughs> I'm sure it is <laughs> but yeah it was just again like I said the, the emotion of it and to get over the line the celebrations are are just fantastic and the la- you can just see the lads really enjoying themselves as a group somebody, somebody asked me this recently um, and I couldn't I couldn't recall the answer to it. So I asked a few more people and they all said the same thing. But as far as I can recall, there was no sort of public uh, celebrations of of that trophy win after, you know, people said, was there an open top bus parade? It's like, no. Um, Was there any sort of civic reception? I don't think so. I'm guessing that, I mean, was it put to you that that was, that was, that that could happen, but there was still games to play and it was such a crucial part of the season. Yeah, Bill might remember as well. I, I think we got it got mentioned whether we were going to do something or not. Yeah, but we had a game on. We did we play Kettering on the Saturday? Somebody like uh, that. Hide, hide. We away. lost to hide the next game. We lost two 0 Yeah, 
right and it was it was that it was we've got a game we've got to prepare and they were like well we'll do it we could do one on the friday potentially and i'm like we've we're second we can't do you know what i mean we can't be seen to be parading we'll have to leave it till the end of the season and let's just do both was the sort of the shout let's just do the the league and trophy yeah. double sort of thing and i think it just because it couldn't happen straight away on the monday or whatever then we it just had to we had to leave it that i think that was what must have been it was back to business wasn't it that was the thing yeah um and as you say we'll hopefully do it at the end of the season but then the disappointment of the Newport game, it didn't really get mentioned and it's not one to chase then. But it, it was a, a historic moment that didn't really have the celebration it probably deserved. Yeah. Maybe that can be maybe, maybe we can do a 10-year anniversary and give yeah, it a bit, bit of a yeah. plan. Yeah. We will plot that. We will plot and plan that. It's in that. your hands. I'll yeah. get the phone to, uh, to Revered Fatboard. Supremo, Rich Watkin, who sponsors this pod. I'm sure we can sort something out. So we'll see what happens with that one. I mean, looking back now, I mean, where does it rank for you on a sort of per- personal and professional level in terms of what it means to you? It's quite clear what it means to us as fans. Um, and, you know, the assumption is it obviously means a lot to you, but, you know, sort of balancing that personal and professional thing, I mean, where it's, it's got to be a presumably a big highlight of, of everything you've achieved yeah Bill do you want to go yeah I, I, listen I think it was the, the whole period up the first two years especially at Wrexham were un, an unbelievable period in my career personally highlighted with that disappointment of, of the, the playoff final but the people that we we managed to get together and work together and everybody got on um, and it you can go through a career and never have moments like that. And fortunate to have gone through it, even even suffering disappointment of the playoff defeat the year before uh, against Luton. It all added up. We, I look back and it was a really, really successful period for the football club in, in a transitional period. And I don't think at that time people appreciated the job that had been done. Yeah. Personally, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right because um, there's, there's probably a lot, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that maybe people obviously were aware of, and how much work goes into that. You know, we can see what what's been put together on the pitch, and to push a team that that obviously has got at at that point huge financial sort of resources in comparison, mm. and to push them to the end. And you know, ultimately, it was five points in it, wasn't there? So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right, and yeah, I think maybe that that deserves some acknowledgement and some celebration as well, you know, when that comes round. But is it does in, in respect to that? Does that just does that sort of stick in the throat a little bit because you, you may, maybe don't feel that it was properly acknowledged, or or, or is it just it's one of those things that you know time's a good healer. A bit of everything, really. I mean, to get 98 points and not get promoted yeah, is one kick in the nads, really. <laughs> um, but the year after that, we come back, we do, as we do, create history, mm. get to the playoff final, 
and for 88 minutes we're all right we're on track and then bang bang just late on wasn't it but um good times good memories i agree good, good people yeah i i for me it was um i i i won at wembley with blackpool which was amazing you know these moments they don't um come around very often in your career but um to be in charge of a team that goes and wins something is maybe even more more proud because you've actually put it together and you've sort of tried to mastermind i suppose the the group and and take them in a in a direction that you feel is the right direction and it's and it's gone well for you so even more proud for me to to win something and it is it's right up there with with the best moments of, of my career do you know what i mean and and I'll, I'll fondly keep those memories and look back and and just just how well we did like bill said in in sometimes difficult circumstances you know um in a league that is incredibly hard to get out of and um and we had a we just had a great group of lads a core set of lads that that really wanted to do well for themselves and and for the club and when you sprinkle around that a bit of quality, then you, you win a lot of football matches. And um, to lead that group out, first and foremost, and then to win it was it just ranks right up there for me. You know, it, it's a it's a fun time. I, I, I look back on you know, as a Wrexham fan. It's, it's one I really sort of cherish because if you guys would have managed to get promotion with a fan zone club, with a group of likable players, it would have been it would have been great for us. It would probably be rank higher than us getting promoted this season with with with, with the money we've got. Billy, while I've got you on, we do sort of like a quick fire fire questions. And I'd just like to fire a few at you if that's all right. Just five, whatever comes into your mind. So of your time at Wrexham, who is the most skillful player? Ooh. Definitely not Kreitz. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as we alluded to earlier, on the day, Sis would be up there. Yeah. Um, Kevin Thornton would be up there on his day. Mm. So the sort of person in training that you think, wow. <laughs> I would have loved to have worked with Glenn Little at his best. Because he mm. could, do, I mean, <laughs> I think it's when he left and there was a goal. I, I'm not on social media, but somebody showed me there was a, a Glen Little masterpiece. The, that was goal. the yeah. slowest <laughs> dribble ever, the <laughs> slowest tricks ever. But I would have loved to. to I remember him as, a, as a, a youngster playing for Burnley and stuff like that. And I just think it would have been nice to have seen him at his best. Yeah. Okay. Who was the worst dressed? You can't He's be on screen. <laughs> and it's not me, you. <laughs> and you mentioned it earlier when he came in after that press conference with his tie all over. I remember the end of season presentation, the same look. Yeah. <clears throat> tie. <laughs> um, you know, it's got to be Brett Ormerod <laughs> with his bleached jeans and his samba trainers and his feeler hoodie. Now, we'll give you that one. I think I think we know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Who was the biggest moaner? Oh, God, I've had a few, but Ashy. Yeah. Got to go Ashy. 
being speaking. Yeah. He got to be the top of all time, and he, oh, he, he is. He is. He gets a bonus. Now the Neil Ashton, who is the biggest moaner quest award. <laughs> yeah, he's got to change it, yeah. He even mourned when you give it to him. <laughs> you give him the decision, he mourned. <laughs> right. Who was the most underrated? Who didn't really get the plaudits? Um... Probably in my first year, but this player's still playing. Um, Knight Percival. All right. Thought underrated. I think he'd gone from striker to centre-half in his career. Yeah. But he's still playing yeah. now. You know, fair play. And that, that, to stay in the game for that long and go up the leagues and play for the clubs he has. Yeah, probably saying that off that time. He was a revelation, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, when he moved. I know Dino moved him, but we, we got the best part of it because... Yeah. He was body on the line. He was athletic. He was left-footed. Do you know what I mean? We had he had, had score goals. Yeah, so because he, he had that knack of getting in the box, and he was Histon, which was re, regains and put it back in and all that, and edit. He he really came on and he mm. developed under Dino. We we helped him with his game, and he, he's had a brilliant career, hasn't he? Gone yeah. up the. Yeah. I think he's done really well for himself. Yeah, I agree with that. Not, not. It doesn't get mentioned much on here, and maybe he should because mm. to go from a left-footed striker to a centre half and be so good at it straight away, you know, as you say, it's a, it's a bit of a revelation. Right. Finally, Bill from us, who, which player wouldn't you like to fight? <laughs> you can say Lee Fowler. There's one or two I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. <that's what. laughs> I'd probably say Jay Harris. Right. Because it'd go on for days. Mm. He just wouldn't tire, would he? Scrappy. He's scrappy, do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably probably Jay. Great. That, that's it from me for the quick fire. Tim, have you got anything? Because we've kept these guys yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wrap it up. But in, in terms of, you know, back then, there's been, you know, the record at Wembley reads... Play three, won one, lost two. It'd be nice to sort of redress the balance against uh, Bromley. However, again, it's kind of they've made big gains on the pitch this year. It's, it's pretty obvious, you know, the, the the financial backing, the takeover, everything else. And Andy, obviously, you you sort of do a lot of uh, commentary stuff and kind of got a, an idea of where the club's going. Billy, do, do you look at where the club's at now and thinking, surely, surely now's the best time since that 98-point season to get back in the league. You know, be... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's well documented with the um, the money. Uh, I'm at Salford now, so we're looking at what's coming out of the league behind. Yeah, um, I came to the Boreham Wood game not so long back and yeah. the, the transformation in mood and attendance was unbelievable. Uh, pitch looks fantastic. It, it, it just... It, it's, it... League two clubs will be fearful of Wrexham and Stockport coming into yeah. the league because of obvious reasons, but, but that's not taking out how good a team they are. Um, you know, to attract the players that they've attracted, to have... Threats from all areas. I watched the Stockport game at the weekend. Um, could and should have been probably 
a goal or two down, but then it's bang, bang, 2-0 before half-time. And when you get that and you get the crowd going, unbelievable. And fair play that, because money doesn't necessarily always buy success, does it? Yeah. And, and the job that they've done, I think they struggled at the start, did they not? With the consistency. Yeah. But then it, it just seems like it's hit another level. Um, the, the, the way that they were playing, maybe they needed a couple of players to suit that, that system. You know, before Christmas, it was all about three, five, two is wrong. It's not working, change mm. it. You're not having the success that you wanted. You've got to change it because they were drawing a lot of games, etc. But then you drop an Ollie Palmer in, to yeah. your, you get a little bit more pace wide and your system is bang on for the players now that you've got. And now nobody even mentions a three-five-two. It's yeah. not, not a problem because you've put the pieces in the jigsaw now. And he, I think Palmer's just made a, a massive difference, not just with his goals, but... He's, he's probably the perfect foil for Mullin. Yeah, platform to play off. Mullin will then yeah. ball off the back of him because he's not, he's not the main target then. He can yeah. play a bit more and then you've got Jordan Davis in behind them who creates and and has got a, a, a brilliant left foot and those, so as a front three they're, they're, they're unstoppable at times mm. Who's the young left-sided centre-half? Clueworth is it? Yeah, Clueworth yeah. Yeah. Very I like good him. We, we came and played in a reserve game uh, back in October and he played in that and I was speaking with Joey uh, was there on the day it was nice to see him and, and old Al Came old kit man, um, and he caught my eye on the day, and he's obviously managed to break in and stay in, and he, yeah. he looks a really good player for the future. Yeah. He, yeah, keep of... your hands off him, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of um, injuries to, to players, and it helps him having Toza next to him, mm. and a couple of teams have actually targeted him a little bit with let him have the ball on that side, being a right footer, and like Solihull definitely did it. You know, they put their two strikers up on the other two and said, you can roll it to him and you can have it and then we'll press that that side, if you like, a bit more technical, I suppose. But, um, yeah, and he's just he just dealt with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a really mature boy. And like I said, I've, he's just grown and grown in, in this season. He's been magnificent. Mm. So if, if we had, like, a final question, what piece of advice would you give to this this team going into that that game on Sunday? I don't think there's anything that, that we could say that would change what's going to happen. They're on an unbelievable run. Mm. It's, they know the strengths. They know what they're good at. They're very good at it. You know, to, to take Stockport at home and beat them 3-0, they won't be fearing Bromley. But then there's that weight of expectation now that everybody expects you to go and, and win the trophy. That's the only thing. And I, listen, I'm sure that Phil... And Parky will be doing the work to um, alleviate any stresses. It's a big game this weekend, obviously, first and yeah. foremost. And you could be going into that as champions. You could be going into it, obviously, in second. Um, the good parts of the game, aren't they? To still be involved in both bits, it, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Rather the, be at the, that. the what? Rather be at that end than... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You've got to embrace it. I just think yeah. I enjoyed the day. You know, we enjoyed the day. We had a really good time. We had the preparation was bang on, and and we had a, a brilliant day because because we won. Um, and just enjoy the occasion. Like we said, some of these boys might not get another chance to play at Wembley, so um, it's one of them. Take the opportunity and 
and make sure you win. Don't don't get beat. Mm. And if it does go to penalties, we've established that Billy will be going for a shower. And, uh... <laughs> Only running the showers. I wasn't in the shower. I was just trying to generate... Pressing all the buttons. <laughs> it was, honestly. Every shower was going round. There were quick showers that kept going off too soon. So I started banging the skip. Tell you what, you can't do that now, please. We've got about 100 quid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, was the, what was the lucky dressing room, by the way? Because obviously, did, did the dressing room differ for the Newport player final to the to the, the trophy or not? So okay. it doesn't matter. So that's bollocks. The superstition. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one they were in for the trophy. The you know the other trophy either. So um, changing rooms. Yep, yeah, nothing to do with it. It's it's players, and you'd you'd hope that like like Bill said, the the form that Wrexham are in, even if they don't manage to get over the line and stop, or have been excellent, you know, throughout the season. Um, they're still in great form, taking that into a playoff semi at home, which will be bouncing. Yeah. And then you just never know. So I'm a Halifax boy and I don't want you. <laughs> well, can but you at some word... point I might have to get you. <laughs> can you have a word with anybody at Halifax? Because obviously they need to uh, they need to really go all guns blazing to get a win at Stockport on Sunday. That'd be cool. Well, yeah, they've still got a chance of finishing above Solihull. Yeah, but yeah. I think every team that's that's left in the playoffs will be fearful of Wrexham because of the run. Stockport are having a little wobble. They got over the line last night, but that's it. I hope I don't bump into you at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Or, or, or if you do, that you also hope there's no penalty because no. you well, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait and see. Thanks very much, Tandy Morell and Billy Barr. Fantastic to, to hear those stories and to get a little bit of an insight into how the lads might be preparing this week. And speaking of this weekend, the FA Trophy final, it's time for predictions and the scores on the doors. Right, no one went Dagenham 3-0. You won't be surprised. Um, no one went for a Dagenham win, so it's as we are, mate. It's as we are. It's squeaky fun time. You're going to get a full face tattoo and one of your, one of your teeth ripped out. According to Tommy Kaus. Yeah. Um, that's fair there, there, there is actually a couple of suggestions from people on Twitter who said um, that he should, given the fact he's uh, due to uh, to get married, he should wear a wedding dress to, to, uh, to, to well, ideally London Stadium if we get there, or uh, Green Lantern. Somebody mentioned the Green Lantern as well, dressing up in that outfit. <laughs> that that is entertaining. You look, you look a bit like the Green Lantern now, mate. I do. To be fair, I've just come back from Five Aside, and was so, for some reason we wear sort of luminous, like high vis tops, like we're sort of workmen. Uh, yeah, I don't really know why, but yeah, fine, okay. Well, either way, it all is not lost yet. I think I'm six points behind you, and in theory, we've hopefully got three games left, so I've got time to claw it back. Yeah, you go first, Reese. Right, okay. Um, it'll be an edgy affair. Uh, I think we're not. We're going to struggle to come out of our shell early on. Um, however, after like what I said earlier, I think Bromley and are hopefully going to struggle to impose themselves as well on a massive pitch like that. Um, and I think we'll take it late on two 0 with two late-ish goals. Uh, I'm also going to go two 0 
Oh, that's not fair. You have to go different. <laughs> Rig. Well, I am going to go for a win, but I reckon we'll win 3 1. Um, oh. Liam's gone 2 1. You can't be with us tonight. Tim? I'm going 3 1, is what was in my head anyway. Yeah, okay. Cool. Great. We've got two, two, two more weeks for you to pull this back, Reese. Don't, don't worry. Yeah, I can do it. Great. Let's. Uh... Oh, well, Definitely one week. I hope I hope another one after that. Oh, let's let's all hope so. I mean, it's going to be all full steam ahead. Uh, join us next week where we'll be reacting to the uh, either glorious defeat or victory and looking ahead to our playoff semi final, which is a big game. I mean, this is the biggest game in how long? I mean, that semi. It's bigger than the Eastley one, I would say. Yeah. Well, no. It, yeah. It, it is. It is, and it isn't, mate, because. I've been thinking about this, right? It, yeah, it's a big game, but with Eastleigh, as a fan's own as a fan's own unit, you needed those big games to go for you because you were thinking, what could we do next season? Is it, you know, you know, could we can we get the same caliber of squad together? With this current incarnation of the team, we don't have those problems because even if we don't go up, we will keep that team together and we will add to it. So in many ways, I still think it's a bit of a free hit, but a lot of people agree with me. Andy's had his Weetabix for a second week in a row. <laughs> no, the thing is, you are you are right though. You know, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, and I remember saying to my and I apologies if I'm repeating myself here, but I remember saying to my old man when the takeover went through, if you offer me League Two in three years, I'd take it. I was thinking three-year project at the league. The fact that we've we've done so well so early is brilliant. And it does make me laugh online when people are like, Oh, you tried to buy the league and you failed. And I was like, Well, Stockport have. And it's taken them twice as long to get six more points than us. So next season, uh, you know, I think I said this before, but one or two additions into that team, three or four additions into that squad. And that is a scary squad, you know, having Ollie Palmer from the start. Look at look yeah. at our, um, you know, our ratio since Palmer's played. It's absolutely insane. The goals we're scoring is unbelievable. So a couple more, you know, that, that big wow midfield sign-in, and a couple more sort of bits around the edges, and we'll be a great side. However, it is a big game. So no, come... no, all, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm not as nervy no, as, no, I, I agree. as I was against Eastleigh because I, I worried about the future of the club. And now it's, not, it's not it's not bust, is it? That's that's yeah, the yeah. that's the beauty well, of it. You have to yourself. Well done. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we'll be listening. We'll be speaking with you next week. Thank you very much for downloading. As always, uh, you can again uh, touch on Twitter. Um, with Tim and also you can email fidzine that's f-i-d-z-i-n-e at gmail.com ta-da bye the fanzine cheers nice one bye bye